Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy MLB All-Star Game Day. And to talk a little bit of America's pastime with us is Rangers analyst, MLB Network radio host, former big leaguer, former colleague, and all-around Great guy, CJ Nikowski to join. CJ, what's up, buddy? Uh, Bill, not too much, man. Good to hear from you. How you been? I'm wonderful. It's great to have you on on the uh, on the show. What'd you make of uh, What'd you make of last night's home run derby activities and the uh, the Albert Pujols inclusion? Yeah, I mean, I was good to see him there. I'm good to see him participate. I was a little concerned about him at his age, quite honestly, running out of gas. You know, he put on a really good show, much better. I think than I expected. I thought maybe it would have been a quick um, exit for him, but it was great to see him get that time to see the guys kind of rally around him a little bit. He's certainly as well deserving uh, future Hall of Famer. So I loved everything about it. And then you get the young showcase to kind of finish things out of the up and comers. And you know, obviously, a lot of people know Juan Soto, but maybe you don't know much about Julio Rodriguez. And so I thought it was kind of that perfect blend of honoring the future Hall of Famer, but then also showcasing uh, the great young players that we have in our game. CJ, what interesting timing. Soto wins the, the Derby, the Home Run Derby, in the same news cycle where he reportedly turns down 15 years and, and $440 million, which is a, a, a lot of money. Where, what are the, I mean, at that price point, if he's a half a billion dollar player, mm. who are the teams that, that realistically can, can afford that? That's a good question because he's not a free agent for two more years, right? So if the Washington Nationals decide that they're not going to be able to get anything done and they're not going to contend while they still have him under control, then there's a huge trade to be made. It's a difficult trade to make, uh, but that's where they may end up going with this thing. Three years of a postseason run for any team that acquires Juan Soto right now, right? So if you think about the Yankees as an example, I know it's a big market team that have him for this year and two more years beyond that, and then he hits free agency. Like you can't trade assuming you're going to sign him after he hits free agency. I think there's no way that you can do that. There's probably not enough time to work out a contract extension prior to a trade as far as a trade being contingent. So it makes it very difficult to sit there and try to pair him with teams but it is the big market teams we know Steve Cohen is worth 13 or 14 billion dollars with the New York Mets uh, that is a guy who could make it happen the Cubs right now in the situation that they're in uh, they wouldn't be interested in trading for him right now or even trading for him probably next year uh, but they're a team because they have gone in the other direction uh, where they haven't spent a lot of money that they could afford potentially um, to sign a guy like Juan Soto once he hits uh, free agency you know he's only 23 years old to be 24 this winter so he's still going to be really really young um, but there are a handful of teams that can make it work. You know, if the Yankees sign Aaron Judge back, I don't see how they make it work. You know, with Stanton, Cole, uh, and potentially Judge locked in at huge numbers, uh, I, I don't think they can afford a half-a-billion-dollar player. But there are a couple of teams that probably could pull it off. This is getting really fascinating, man. These, these numbers just continue to climb in the game. 
CJ Nikowski here on, on the show. CJ, I've got a, most people believe, most of us, that, that the Earth um, revolves around the sun. I got a really good friend who thinks the Earth actually re- revolves around Los Angeles, California, and oh, the Dodgers yeah. in particular. And I love LA, and I, but that's his view. So I hit him up this morning just like, hey, congratulations, you know, Dodger Stadium. And all he wanted to hit me back with was how Juan Soto was, was blasting home runs in his future ballpark. Mm. Is that a realistic outcome, or is just my buddy not realizing that the universe does not, in fact, revolve around Dodger Stadium? Well, that the Dodgers could land him, you mean? Yeah. Oh, that's certainly possible. I mean, I think that you know they have a couple things they have to work through as well. Obviously, they didn't sign Corey Seager back. He ends up with the Texas Rangers. you got one more year of David Price and, and shedding that $32 million that he is making. And it's not to say that you know the Dodgers are a team that – um, couldn't afford to go really big if they wanted to. But that luxury tax is real with the new CBA. They have Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts locked up through at least 2027. Mookie Betts actually goes a year beyond that to 2028. Do you want to put those kind of dollars into another position player? Right, That's the one question um, I think that you would have to ask yourself. And you know, the AAV on the deal that was offered to Juan Soto was uh, about $29 million. Now it's a couple of years of arbitration in there. As a free agent, you know he's probably closer to 35 or 40 a year and again I don't know if they want to empty out to trade him but the point there is that you basically want to be you know about a hundred million dollars in on three position players um, for a pretty decent amount of time that's the part that makes it difficult um, when you're going to have to pay pitching Uh, obviously we know what it takes to win so three position players locked in uh, to big contracts like that for the Dodgers not to say they can't pull it off um, but it might not be the route and direction that they want to go and I would say the same thing for the Angels you know down in Orange County obviously Mike Trout is locked up they have Anthony Rendon uh, there's no way they can do Shohei Otani and I don't think they can do Shohei Otani based on where they are right now and the kind of money he wants to command uh, and a guy like Juan Soto so that's another team that really needs uh, pitching help so it's could they fit him in? Sure, they could find a way. Is it going to be the smartest move? Uh, not if they don't have the pitching to back it up. CJ Nikowski here on the show. CJ, sometimes when we're having you on, I'll, I'll tease that you have, and it's not there anymore, but I'm not kidding, dude. I think the funniest description I've ever seen under someone's Twitter bio was was under yours for a while. It was you were the career hmm. – it was the career Mets – ERA leader with how That's many right. innings pitched? Minimum how many? So, yeah, it's a good story behind that. So five and two-thirds innings. I get to play <laughs> for the New York Mets for a month and didn't let up a run. I got traded there for the last month of the season, September 2001, which obviously was a really tragic time in our country's history. But as a native New Yorker, I'm grateful to be a part of the Mets um, during 9-11. Uh, of course, we wish none of it ever happened. But, yeah, I have a little fun with it. I didn't let up any runs when I was there. And I had the most innings for a while. And I don't know if you followed the story because it wasn't really a story. I kind of make it up. But Tommy Hunter, uh, a guy who I've known for a long time, uh, had about, I want to say, seven or eight shutout innings for the Mets. So he actually passed me. Um, with total innings, and he was a free agent this past year. Well, he signed back with the Mets. He was hurt, and he was trying to get healthy again, which he did. And he got back to the big leagues this year with the New York Mets and finally gave up a run. Um, and did it against the Rangers. We were there playing the New York Mets, which doesn't happen very often. So I just wanted to see Tommy Hunter give up one run so I could get back on top. So I guess I could go ahead and update my bio because I am once again You're the New back, York Mets buddy. all-time area leader. Yeah. You're, all right, so as one um, you know, big city ace talking about another, although maybe a smaller <laughs> sample size, um, where, wh- wh- how do you feel about Clayton Kershaw? Obviously, if not the pitcher of his generation, he's on a very, very small list. Uh, getting the nod tonight to, to start at home in the All-Star game, when obviously he is not the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. Are you good yeah. with him? I, I, I don't want to you know, be that guy. I don't love it. I'm not sitting here screaming from the mountaintops and saying how terrible it is. 
that baseball is doing this. Uh, but Sandy Alcantara is having an unbelievable year. And as we sit here and showcase the young players the way that we just did in the home run derby, whilst Clayton Kershaw means so much to the Dodgers and it's in L.A. and it was a hard push for him, I, I, I'm, I'm a big meritocracy guy, right? So for me, give it to the guy that deserves it. Nothing's changing about Clayton Kershaw's legacy. He is going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And the first ballot is going to be one of the greatest Dodgers we've ever seen. And that's a really long list of great Dodgers, as we know, the history of the franchise. Um, but it's Sandy's time. And the guy puts the work in, and he's earned it. And you might even say Tony Gonsolin with the Dodgers. You can make a case for other pitchers that probably deserve it. And you just don't know if these guys are going to be able to repeat the kind of success that Clayton Kershaw has over the course of his career. Like, he's been amazing, incredibly consistent. It's a hard thing to do, a really hard thing to do. So when you're having that year, and you're one of the best in the game or the best in the game, and you've kind of put yourself in a position uh, where you uh, probably deserve to be the starting pitcher in the All-Star game, and we give it to a guy who's great, and, and every, you don't ever want to say a bad thing about Clayton Kershaw, but he's not pitching as the starter of the All-Star game so far this season. He's been really good. Um, but for me, I, I'd like to see Sandy Alcantara. I feel like he deserves it. I feel like he shouldn't have got it. He should have gotten it. He didn't. Uh, it's not a huge deal. It's not the end of the world. Uh, we'll all move on and everything will be fine. But uh, this guy needs to be celebrated as well. And it's his time. And, and I just hate to see him not get the nod. Or even Tony Gonsolin with his 11-0 record and 2.02 um, ERA. I mean, these guys are, are incredible. And uh, I think somebody else probably deserved to get the start. I mean, CJ, not only am I with you, I probably take the meritocracy thing to a much more extreme level because my producer's laughing. I get really mad about dumb baseball stuff. I don't know what it is. It just I, 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 I do. I didn't love at all Albert Pujols in the Home Run Derby, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. Like, I just, like, the guy's amazing, and he is, again, like Kershaw, one of the great hitters of his generation, one of the great hitters of all time. And even though I'm a Cubs fan, I have appreciated and respected the hell out of him for, for 20 years now, more than that. But he's not an all-star. And I just, for me, I found it, I mean, there is an event for this. It's called the Hall of Fame. And, and so, like, for me, I just don't need to use the showcase event for Major League Baseball to showcase guys who are not playing at that level. Am I, am I over, am I, can you play? Am I missing? Because, I'm, again, I'm a huge pool holes guy. I think he's amazing. Yeah. I didn't love having him in the home run derby last night, if I'm being honest with you. Well, I, from the all-star standpoint, it's kind of you know two conversations, right, that Rob Manfred now has legacy picks. And if it's a guy that's uh, about to retire that we know that Albert is and one of the greatest right-handed hitters we've ever seen – um, and they want to put him in the all-star game, that is now part of the CBA. And Miguel Cabrera is not done. You know, Miguel Cabrera is interesting. He, hits, he gets a 3,000 hits this year, uh, but he's still got a couple of years left on his deal. He hasn't announced his retirement. So, you know, I just I don't mind that part of it. You know, it, it, we had talked about it on MLB Network Radio and saying, okay, we want to celebrate guys. I'd almost rather do it this way than have the, you know, the kind of um, tours that we see for guys, the retirement tours in every stop at every city. It can be a lot on those guys. I've heard players that have gone through it kind of talk about it when they've announced their retirement and every city they go to, they want to have a presentation before the first game of the series and give you gifts. And it's cool and it's nice, but it's a lot for a guy who's still trying um, to compete. But when it comes to the home run derby, you know, so many guys don't want to do it. Understandably so. I don't, I don't blame any player for not doing it. So I, I don't feel like a player got cheated, a player who really deserved it or should have been there um, in, and wanted to be in the, in the home run derby and basically um, got bounced because of Albert Pujols. I, I didn't feel like that was the case. I think mo most guys, it's fine. It's, it is what it is. But like Pete Alonso seems to love it. Um, but, you know, Aaron Judge is your home run leader right now by a pretty large margin, and he wasn't in it. 
Jordan Alvarez is hurt. He'd be a fun guy to watch. So you sit there and you go further and further down the list. So the home run derby to me, I didn't have an issue with. Um, I get what you're saying, but for me, more when it comes game time and really earning something that's a big deal, like being the starter uh, for the National League in the All-Star game, that's where I, I get a little bit more of the meritocracy part of this. C.J. Nukowski here on the show. C.J., I want to ask you about um, about Freddie Freeman, and this is not even a put-down of Freddie Freeman, and I know the story is several weeks old, but I was just struck by how emotional he was. I think we all were when he went back mm-hmm. to Atlanta. And obviously this happened a while ago. But you, you played and you, you were in clubhouses. Is that, for, for guys that played the game, is that kind of a reaction, something that's understood, or, or could it cause some chemistry issues in a clubhouse when a guy is clearly longing, at least in the short term, to be at one of your one of your one of your rivals in in, in the, the league they play in. Yeah, I mean, especially come postseason time, right? I mean, these yeah. are two teams between the Dodgers and the Braves, where it's been a big deal and can continue to be a big deal when you're competing against each other. I, I think you're tolerant of it, you know, first time around. You understand it. Freddie is a, a really genuine human being and brings a lot of emotion. And obviously, we got to see that, and everybody got to see it uh, when they went back to Atlanta, and even when the Braves came to visit. Um, the Dodgers, and it's an unfortunate, unfortunate story for him because he obviously really wanted to be back there. I went to the World Series celebration um, in Atlanta at Truist, at Truist Stadium this year at Truist Park, and um, you know it was interesting. Every player that got up and talked, and they all didn't get up and talk, but the first thing they said is, "We got to sign Freddie back." And Freddie's sitting there, kind of in the praying position with his hands, like, "Yes, please, let's let's get this done and let me come back to Atlanta and continue my career." Um, you know, legacy is at stake here a little bit this past off season with him. And if you look up at the retired numbers and guys like Smoltz and Maddox and Chipper Jones and the greats that have, have put on a Braves uniform, if Freddie Freeman signs this deal, he's going up there. Now, now it's in doubt a little bit since he left Atlanta and took the deal to go with the Dodgers. And there was obviously a lot of um, some interesting things going on with the communication and what was offered and what was not. And the Braves and Alex Anthopoulos have said that they, you know, this is what they offered. His agent said that's not true, and you know they got to figure that out amongst themselves. And there's already lawsuits. Um, I know Doug Gottlieb was is being sued by by Casey yeah. Close, and so it's it's getting dicey. But when it comes to the actual team, yeah, there's a party that's like, all right, man, we get it. You know, we appreciate it. Um, you don't want to see it anymore. I think it's okay to see it once, to see the emotion. But he's a Dodger now, and you just want to make sure that he's all the way in on being a Dodger and he's still not longing for wanting to be in Atlanta. He's having a great year. I think the numbers back that up. And uh, I'd like to think that he's all in and he's put that behind him. Uh, that's another great intersection. You have been covered. You now cover people. Doug Gottlieb used to work at this network, and you mentioned he's being sued for libel for, for a tweet that he, he sent out. From what you know about this, and I, I'm not asking to come in on the legalese, but just the action of suing a, a, media, a media person, do you think there's a place for that when, when people feel aggrieved, or do you think that's too far given the, the sort of realities of what you do for a living now versus what you used to do for a living? Yeah, I think we have to be careful how we speculate. Right. I mean, it's, you know, we all do. And you can hear rumors and you can talk to people and you're not going to say who the people are. Right. When you go on air and say, I talk to somebody with this organization. They told me this, even though you feel really strongly about it, because, you know, that person um, has some really good information. But there is a line there. And I think in the case of uh, Freddie Freeman's former agent, he has a reputation. And he's still got he's got guys like Dansby Swanson who's going to be a free agent this year. Right. Put yourself in Dansby Swanson's shoes. And if he's sitting there hearing that there was an offer made to Freddie Freeman that this agent never showed him, you know, he might question whether or not he wants to use that agent going forward. So if you're the agent, uh, you're absolutely going to um, fight for your reputation and you need to. So what becomes interesting to me is that if this ever goes to a hearing, um, all the information has to come out. Right. I mean, you got, there has to be evidence from um, the Atlanta Braves as far as what they offered. And then there's got to be um, evidence from 
uh, the agent, and ultimately what you know he told Freddie Freeman. And I mean, you could have Freddie Freeman have to testify in this thing if it got that far. So uh, that would be kind of wild. And if you feel strongly about the fact that you were liable, I get it. You know, protecting your reputation these days um, certainly matters because it seems like a lot of people could say anything, and then they can even retract it. And then it's like, okay, then it just goes away, but the damage has already been done. So uh, I'm all for fighting for your reputation. Um, it's pretty interesting, though, to see it happen in this situation just because I think we all had heard a lot of things and, and thought you know, what we had heard was true, and now his agent is wanting to fight for that and say, no, it's actually not true. And uh, he picked the person that he felt like he had the best chance of winning against to, to clear his name. You make a good point about, about the reputation as someone who has worked, had, had agents, has agents. I mean, that – I hadn't thought of it in that context, but you're right. I mean, it's a it's a pretty complicated, uh, interesting deal. Uh, CJ, dude, I know that you're you're always busy, so it's great to be able to get you on during the All Star game when when it's very it's particularly gracious of you to make time because you could be you know sleeping in or hanging out with your family <laughs> or doing whatever you want to be doing. Thank you, my friend, of instead for for making time, brother. It's great to hear your voice. Anytime, man. As long as I'm available, I'm more than happy to join you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 